0: Hey y'all, I'm Kua and this is Kendra and this is the Black Gems Dive In podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey Kua. Hey Kendra. So we are on episode two. We're back. Episode two. Yes, we missed you season last Season four. Season four. We missed yes. you last week, but it's yes. okay. We're back and reunited. Hey, and it feels so good. See, you in the singing. We're ready. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We got to get our mojo back, y'all, but um we're season four. We have some phenomenal guests like always. Yes. Um, we have one today, which we'll have her introduce herself in a moment, but I'll have actually Akua introduce Shannon yeah, because so y'all go a little bit back. We go a little bit
1: back, Shannon. You know, we, we were at the same organization for a little bit before Shannon moved on um, to different roles, doing yeah. amazing work. Um, so Shannon is the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer at Kaleida Health here in Buffalo, New York. Um, Shannon has been in the learning and development space for a very long time before she got into the DEI space. Um, Care coordination, you did direct services with patients, clinical, I can go on and on. You know, Shannon is amazing. So we're super excited to have you're on the podcast today. Welcome.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We've been
0: talking about this for a little bit, too. We right? have. Yeah, we, we have. Because, you know, we always said we have to create uh, our own little circle and DEI space. So we Absolutely. hang out all the time and we talk about so many great hot topics and yeah. issues within our own community. So it's just great to have you on the pod to, to talk yeah. to the people about it.
2: I can't wait to talk with yes. all of you. So can you introduce yourself for everyone who's listening? Yeah. Um, so I'm Shannon Bryant, uh, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for Collider. Health. I am happy to be on the podcast. We'll be talking about health care, of course, and all of the things that impact marginalized communities, especially in western New York, where we are trying to make some real changes. Absolutely. Um, We want to save some lives.
0: So. Yeah. Yes. All about saving lives. Right?
1: So we are going to dive right in, as usual, right? This Mm -hmm. is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Um, So we're going to dive into the hot topic today. Um, And I know Kendra was back last week, but we're going to, you know, we got to get back into the swing of things, right? So the hot topic uh, this week, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade being overturned because, you know, we took a little bit of a break on our podcast, coming back to chat with Mm -hmm. the people, Um, but we haven't had an opportunity to talk about Roe v. Wade, some of the implications that have happened um, since this has been overturned and what that looks like us moving forward in a post Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, so in June of this year, we know that it was historic. Um, it was a far reaching decision. And honestly, it was leaked prior to it right. actually being Absolutely. overturned. Um, but the Supreme Court officially officially reversed Roe v. Wade, uh, declaring that the constitutional right to abortion that was upheld for nearly a half a century no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice Samuel Alito was writing for the court majority um, and he said that nineteen the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling and repeated subsequent high court decision reaffirmed that it must be overruled because it was egregiously wrong. Uh, The arguments made were talking about how it was damaging and it was an abuse of judicial authority. And essentially they were moving this decision from a federal level back to the states to Mm -hmm. make that decision. So what do we know about some of the the states um, that have talked about this and have reversed? Because immediately some of those were reversed. Mm -hmm. Um, Others, it's been taking some time for them to get this in in motion. But
0: where are we at? Yeah, and I know a lot of um, companies, even in states where they said that they're going to uphold this law, Um, There are a lot of companies who are saying that they're still going to protect women within their own health care benefits that they have for the companies, Mm -hmm. providing uh, care in different states if they have to. But again, that coordination care, we know it gets really sticky and muddy at the end of the day. Um, So we do see a response in terms of of corporate responsibility and Mm -hmm. what that looks Mm -hmm. like as well to Mm -hmm. um, its employees. Um, But we know that this is also a topic that's going to be at the forefront of election season as well. Absolutely. Um, So this is something that's not going away. Um, So there's so many conversations about it. Um, And Shannon, what are you guys talking about at at Collider? and what does that look like for you guys?
2: Yeah, um, so this is an interesting conversation for us. We truthfully were devastated by the news Mm -hmm. um, because we know – that we're lucky to live in a state where it will be protected. But we also know a lot about the maternal mortality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we'll get more into that a little bit later, but in New York city, black and Brown birthing people are approximately eight times more likely to die in childbirth Mm -hmm. than their white counterparts. And, that right there tells us something. Mm-hmm. We see the same trend ac- across the US, right? right? So it's not just specific to New York City. We see three to four times more likely, even higher in other places. Yeah. So because of that, what's what's gonna happen is we know black and brown birthing people are gonna die. Mm. That's that's what's at the tail end of it. So for us, we've been talking about how do we continue to educate our patients on what is available mm-hmm. to them, letting mm-hmm. them know, you know, where they can go for services, reminding also our employees that we, that doesn't change, you know, anything that mm-hmm. we've been doing. Right. So it was um, important that our leaders spoke out about that. So we do have um, our site president spoke and, you know, at Children's and as well as at um, Suburban and Mm. um, Buffalo General. They all felt really it important for them to say something as far as respecting the woman's choice. So that's what we've been talking about and really just how can we advocate on a bigger scale because it will impact um, a lot of other people.
1: Yeah, and I think we've seen that um, subsequently after it being overturned, there's a lot of conversations that are mm-hmm. happening, you know, across the nation where mm-hmm. the states that um, immediately enacted the abortion bans were seeing some of the healthcare implications that are happening afterwards. Right. So, you know, people often talk mm-hmm. about abortion being healthcare, right? In a piece right. of healthcare, there being different types of you know conditions that mm-hmm. people are in. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why they would need um, an abortion. But now we're seeing where there are doctors who are reluctant to mm-hmm. provide that specific type of care because right. essentially the law states that you can't do that.
0: Yeah. And so,
1: you know, it's, it's interesting to look at it from that healthcare lens and healthcare mm-hmm. perspective because obviously there's been a lot of conversations on the political mm-hmm. side, um, the religious side, and, and what that might look like. But in the healthcare field and realm, you know, it's a different conversation that's being
0: had for sure. Yeah. And we'll dive into maternal health and what that looks like for birth rates and things like that, specifically in your job. I know you added a new person to your staff, so we'll talk about that and what that means. Um, So Mm -hmm. I guess we'll just dive right into our conversation. Let's do it. Um, So, Shannon, what does your day to day look like at Kaleida? Because you are the first. Let me say this. The first CDIO for Kaleida. So yes. congratulations on that. Thank you. But what does that look like for you? What is that meaning behind that title, and what does your day to day look like?
2: So I'm glad that you point out it's the first mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. So I've been there in November. It'll be two years. Um, Time
0: flew by. You probably yeah, don't think right. you probably don't think it did, but it flew. I remember it when did. you got that position. It yeah. did
2: so. I started at the end of 2020, and when I started, we. Focused a lot internally. Mm-hmm. The day-to-day was really like, okay, let's talk to employees. Mm-hmm. Let's tell them what diversity, equity, and inclusion even means. Mm-hmm. Introduce myself. Mm-hmm. Listen to, you know, just some of their thoughts around DEI. and i Get a pulse. And, and I spent a lot of time doing that in that mm-hmm. first year. So I had um, education that needed to be built and employee resource mm-hmm. groups and mentorship um, it was internally focused, really, because it was such an inaugural position. Mm-hmm. And I think with the timing of when I started, it was important that I had a pulse on, like, what Absolutely. people really felt yeah. mm-hmm. about DE&I um, and healthcare And so trying to draw those links so that they understood it more to be kind of like quality, where it's everybody's job, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a quality department, and they're going to drive mm-hmm. the initiatives, and DE&I is the same way. I'm going to drive those initiatives and strategic plan, but everybody has to own a piece of that. So I think I'm still on the journey of getting people to understand that ownership piece. Um, But I think it helped that I report to the CEO and that journey started at the top of the house. So Mm -hmm. that helped certainly to um, drive initiatives and get buy in. Well, fast forward a little bit, and what my day-to-day looks like now is more around data. So Mm -hmm. we've been Mm -hmm. trying to get our baseline. Mm -hmm. These are not things that the health system previously had been tracking or paying attention to as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion data on the employee side Mm -hmm. or on the patient side. Mm -hmm. So um, thinking of, like, who would would I need on my team? How Mm -hmm. would we kind of... um, Start to chart a, a path forward with our data. I hired a DEI data analyst, and she's, you know, she's been great. She's actually from Little Rock, Arkansas, and had been doing analyst work at Arkansas Children's Hospital. So she came with a wealth of knowledge, which was also. Um, a plus for us. So in that time, we have decided what are those employee metrics that mm-hmm. we're going to focus on mm-hmm. from a deI and i standpoint. And we really started with recruitment, you mm-hmm. know, looking at our recruitment pools and where people get stuck in the process and all of those sorts of things, comparing it to, you know, what are the populations that we serve? How do we make sure mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. employee population is matching our patient population, but really starting at the senior level. Mm-hmm. That was, um, It's a smaller group for us to start with, but it's also an impactful group. So that's what we've been focused on on the employee side and then on the patient side, really looking at what data do we already have around readmissions, around discharge, and starting to disaggregate that data by race, ethnicity, age, generation, and language. So we already have some of that in our system, but it doesn't all feed that way right now. Mm-hmm. So we have our first iteration of our DEI and i dashboard um, available. And I say it's the first iteration Because it truly is. It's going to have to go through many, many forms before people can really know how to act around the data and really, like, do plans around it. So day-to-day, it could be employee-patient-focused, um... Another person on my team handles our employee resource groups, our manager position. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of, again, figuring out the internal landscape. Mm -hmm. That person focuses on those things. And then we have our birth equity coordinator, who's the RM position, which um, focuses on our maternal mortality and really improving everything that we see as far as disparities with black birthing people. so.
1: So I think, you know, you just listed off, like three different roles. Number one, you've been (laughs) in that role for two years. So first of all, congratulations on everything you've been able to accomplish so far. Um, But it's an exciting time. I know we often talk about like using data to make uh, informed decisions Mm -hmm. based off of what the data tells us. And so I think, you know, as long as we keep that in mind, the inward piece I think is really important too. looking inward as well as ex you know, external as well. But Mm -hmm. I think that internal lens gives you a lot of insight in terms of what next steps you might Uh need to take. So it's awesome. It's awesome to hear that. Yeah,
0: it is. And I love the fact that you said that you know obviously working in healthcare you focus on quality you both mm-hmm, work in, mm-hmm. in healthcare quality is that main piece but having DEI be a part of a quality metric Absolutely. as well Absolutely. is really important and being that you're the first in this position really honing in on the quality piece of things how did you or how are you um, making sure that people are, are bought into that and yeah. because that's a new concept for a lot really, of people so how how does that work for you
2: so I think I've been pretty fortunate in that. The early adopters, when I first got to Collida Health, were the physicians. They were the most mm-hmm. excited that I was there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, they would come to my office, bring articles, like, oh, you have to look at this. Look at how we're doing this. I think this is wrong, mm-hmm. or what about this idea? And so I think having them as champions mm-hmm. has really helped to, to bridge that quality piece with DE&I. And um, I also participate. We have steering councils throughout the, the system, and mm-hmm. I participate on all of the quality steering councils. Awesome. So a lot of times I'm the voice saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, have we thought about it from these different mm-hmm. diversity identifiers? Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, one of the other projects that we embarked on was a SOGI data project. Mm-hmm. So for sexual orientation and gender identity data, mm-hmm. we do not have that in our system to date. Um, We are in the design phase of making sure that is there. So Mm -hmm. our clinicians, they understand it because they're the ones who are misgendering people. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are not getting it right because Mm -hmm. their technology is not really helping them to do it. So they're like writing me letters. Could you please push this more? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going as quick as I can. You know, it's an Mm -hmm. IT game at the end of the day, too. Um, so that has really allowed me to, to best tie quality to
0: mm-hmm.
2: DE&I. Mm-hmm. And I think the quality piece really goes to our equity piece, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like you can't have true health equity if you don't have um, – if you don't have DE and I at the front of it, mm-hmm. it's just not going to be possible. And I'll say another thing I think that helps is probably our regulatory bodies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so CMS, the Center for Medicaid yep. Services, and the Joint Commission, and AHA, and I mean, there's so many mm-hmm, that right. are now requiring that of healthcare systems mm-hmm. that they would have an, a health equity measure. And that that measure, if you're not meeting it, you don't get the same quality scores right. that you used to. Yep. So that had already been on the horizon. And I think just like the physicians and the clinical teams had heard about that. Mm-hmm. So when I speak to it, I'm speaking from a place of regulations a lot of times. Like, right. you know, Which even if pay attention right, to, right, right, right. If you don't personally buy into this, just know that this is a regulation that we have to meet at the right. end of the day. So how are we going to get there?
1: So I think it's it's interesting. You mentioned Soji Data, um, and coming from you know the organization that right. you know that I work for, you used to work for. That's something that we talked a lot about, right? Right? Can you just share, like, our listeners might not understand what's the importance in understanding someone's sexual orientation or gender identity? What is the importance in knowing that, and how does that impact decisions that you're making at the healthcare table as well? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's it impacts a lot. So there's the basic level of respect, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to be able to respect people, calling them their correct pronouns, and really thinking of it from the sense of our name is the first thing that Absolutely. we learn as mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're getting that wrong, and then you're not allowing the person to educate you, that already is just like not going to be a good setup. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a good relationship. Yeah. Um, but we know, similar to talking about um black birthing people have in maternal health outcomes that are worse than their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. Also, the LGBTQ population has these health um, disparities right. as it relates to their health care, whether it be chronic health conditions or just general mm-hmm. primary mm-hmm. care and follow-up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that really goes to the relationship that they've had with healthcare care providers mm-hmm. and in healthcare care systems. So if we don't have a place for us to not only capture their pronouns and call them, you know, by the name that they would like to mm-hmm. be called mm-hmm. or use the correct pronouns, but also we need to have... Um, our technology tell us really what are the anatomy that this person has, so I know mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. follow up with care. Mm-hmm. So if there's not an anatomy inventory, how do you know who should get a pregnancy test? Right. How do you know you know who needs the the screening this month on prostate mm-hmm. if you don't have those things there and you're just looking on the surface, at a person, that's what gets missed. Right. So, again, we go back to this, I, I don't mean to be morbid, but people die. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. When we aren't doing that the right way, the most efficient way, um, it can be life-changing life, life changing mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. And people who are LGBTQ plus might not want to engage with us, right? right? Yeah. Right. Because I they're going to be like, I can't really trust that yeah. right. you even know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and trust is really big as we know in the healthcare industry. We talk about yes. that all the time, especially when it came to just even COVID and the COVID response and, and you know, getting yourself um, you know, whether it's a vaccine or mm-hmm. testing. Um, all of those things were primary when it came to conversations about trust in healthcare system, mm-hmm. right? Um, but as we talk about trust, we also talk about, as we talked about earlier, um, you know, black maternal uh, rates when it comes to to birth, right? Yes. And so um, I know you just talked about you had hired a uh, birth equity coordinator who's an RN, which is Huge. Amazing. It is huge, yeah. right? You don't really hear about that, with, specifically in the healthcare industry. So what was your decision and, and um, around hiring someone mm-hmm. like that? And was it linked to some of the data that you talked about? Like, what was that process? Yeah. Well, that's great. Um,
2: we actually, before I even joined Collida Health, Collida was engaged in the New York State Birth Equity Improvement mm-hmm. Project, okay. So in that project, they had done research to find out why do we have these disparate outcomes with black and brown birthing people. And we say that term birthing people to be inclusive, Mm -hmm. you know, for the audience who's like, Mm -hmm. why does she keep saying that? (laughs) That's -hmm. just an inclusion term. Um, So, you know, they had done all this research around why those outcomes were that way. And what they found is that, yes, there is definitely some upstream stuff as far as, like, access to prenatal mm-hmm, care. Yeah. Of course, that that needs to improve and follow up for postpartum care. Absolutely. But there was this big, large piece around how black and brown birthing people felt that the healthcare system interacted with mm-hmm. them as it relates to, you know, when I complained or when I said I had pain symptoms, they were not addressed. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I was a part of the decision making process. Mm-hmm. And so similar to other marginalized communities, when there is that feeling of distrust there, mm-hmm. and people are feeling, you know, my pain isn't being followed Mm -hmm. up on or I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I have a voice because typically we think our doctors know the best right right? right, right. so we're feeling disempowered in those moments which could lead to mortality so many times when um, people die in childbirth it's usually in that postpartum phase it's not Mm -hmm. actually during childbirth but it's like they go home and Mm -hmm. there were these underlying things hemorrhaging um, looking at c-section and you know the recovery process for that. There's just so much that goes on in the postpartum period Mm -hmm. that had not been addressed. And so New York State really pushed health systems and midwife services, all practitioners Mm -hmm. to engage in some of this anti-racism work Mm -hmm. in order to bridge the gap between the relationship between the patients and um, the Mm -hmm. clinical teams. So with that push, that kind of foundation was already there when I started um, I applied to grants and different things because I knew we would need somebody to mm-hmm. do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And I felt strongly it should be a person who is clinically trained. Mm-hmm. Of Absolutely. course, I can go in and I can, you know, I can talk to people and do things. But when they start talking about, you know, Clapsy and this and that, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even tell sure. you what yeah. that means. Whereas Um, having a a registered nurse on staff, you know, she's able to say, oh, okay, let's see the doctor order, and she can read those things, Mm -hmm. and she understands Mm -hmm. that she knows how to round on patients, she knows how to scrub in, and that's what she does. Her day-to-day is walking around partnering with the maternity units throughout both Oshai and Suburban, and really getting, building those relationships and getting people the care that they really want, following up with um, specifically black and brown people, to say, like, how's it going? How's your stay? And it also gives that patient another person who, who seems like they're invested and in really mm-hmm. wanting to know, mm-hmm. do you feel like you were discriminated against? And we have surveys that we ask around those things. That's so awesome. really that was how um, the decision was made. I ended up getting um, a grant from the Blue Fund, Ah, okay. Shout out. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and also a great endowment from First Niagara Key for $1.5 million. And amazing. so that funded a lot of the work that we ended up doing around birth equity. It kind of fast-tracked it. Uh-huh. So I knew I would hire that role, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it would be that soon. But because of some of those efforts that were already out there, it was able to take off.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That
1: is amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And I think, you know, When we think about healthcare outcomes and the connection to so much Mm -hmm. of the systemic issues that have happened, you know, whether that be historical, current issues, you know, we've talked about in the past about different governors who have come out and said, hey, racism is a public health threat, Mm -hmm. right? We know that there's issues that come into play um, when you show up in the doctor's office just being a person of color. Yeah. Um, And so it's really these type of initiatives that really move the needle and Mm -hmm. change things over time. There was a hospital system and I want to say it was in San Antonio that hired um it was like a VP or it was a chief medical officer of inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So even similar in that concept, mm-hmm. people are starting to say, you know, what this has to be a part of the conversation as it relates to healthcare, right? Yes. And healthcare improvement, healthcare outcomes. And so, just the fact that you're doing that um, for a specific issue—maternal health, Black maternal health—is mm-hmm. amazing, right? And we mm-hmm. need more of that. I could see that happening in each section of yeah. yes. disease or, you know, yes. chronic illness. That's honestly how yeah. we need to be thinking about it yep. and and switching those. So, kudos to you. Thank kudos you. Kudos to you on the work Thank that you're you. doing. It's it's amazing. It's making a difference. It is. And in two
0: years. Two you know, years. Two years. You've accomplished a lot in two years. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. So my question is, like, what's next for you in terms of uh, Kaleida? Obviously, you said you're creating this data dashboard, which we know data drives change. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, And it's the first iteration, so it know it takes time. But what is the first thing that or the next thing that you think you're going to accomplish within your role or something that you're seeing that's like, hey, this data shows that we need, we need to make a change in this? What does that mm-hmm. look like?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Some of that I know the answer to, and a lot of it I yeah. don't, right? Yeah. I think um, we're this is a strategic plan in time for us. Okay. Um, so we're going to be doing a strategic plan in the next couple months. And it's really and using our data that Mm -hmm. we want to drive the plan. So Mm -hmm. we didn't have a dashboard the Mm -hmm. first time. The first plan I made was for three years and it didn't include a dashboard. It also didn't include the team that I have now. Mm -hmm. So like to have them a part of that strategic planning process, we want to chart our path forward. I think um, some gaps, things that we notice that we have to do a better job at is really continuing to communicate Like, we're just such a Mm. big place Mm -hmm. that even now I can go to Suburban and I'll be walking around and I'll start talking about DE&I and and they're like, we didn't know we had that. I'm like, what? (laughs) You don't know. Like, I mean, I'm so in it all day that you forget it's 13,000 strong. So I think we've done a lot in a little bit of time and it might be a good time to start to just kind of go back a little bit and Mm -hmm. continue to reintroduce myself, the team, um, you know, just continuing with town halls. And also when I started, we couldn't gather and those sorts of things. So like going back to some of that, um, that, kind of community building piece. I think internally mm-hmm. it's going to be important, but also externally. Yeah. So we, yeah. with the onboarding of our DEI manager, she has really taken our ERGs to another level as mm-hmm. far as participating in community events mm-hmm. and engaging and making sure the foundations are involved. And we need to see that work continue okay. in, a, mm-hmm. in a deeper way, um, in a way that really allows our community and our patients to say, okay, you know, but I need to start informing the healthcare mm-hmm. system, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what we would want. We um, are reinvigorating next year our patient and family advisory councils. Uh, our nurse, who's the birth equity coordinator, she's starting a maternity advisory board, and that's comprised awesome. um, of BIPOC patients, so yeah. black, indigenous, people of color, mm-hmm. you have to be to be on this board, um, and they're going to inform decision-making. And then I think a big tool that I know we want to start using, Mm -hmm. um, we're working on building an equity impact assessment tool. So we worked with UB to to do a literature review to see, like, what – equity impact assessments were already out there. Mm -hmm. And we came up with what we think ours would look like. And now we need to kind of pilot that. So for next year, I know we'll be piloting on the employee side with our mentorship program. And then we're going to do it um, with our maternity advisory board on the patient side.
1: Listen, awesome. she, listen, she got the plan. She know what she's doing. <laughs> she got it together. That's, that's right. really, it's awesome, the work that you're doing. And it's Thank impacting you. lives, which is really important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially people of color, you know, mm-hmm. people who have been that's disadvantaged right. in the healthcare system. So kudos to you on Thank that. Thank you. And so, Thank you know, you. we always got to leave the people. You left a lot of gems you in did. terms of the work that you've already done and what you're doing. But what do you want to leave the people in terms of, you know, your gem of the day? Okay. Gym of the day. What
2: you got? So I wrote it down because okay. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, so excited to be here. So for the gym of the day, I said know your values mm-hmm. and show up in spaces with the mindset of how is this serving me? Right. Ooh, how okay, I'm not so done. Say that.
0: Okay. Say it one more time. Right. I'm start not done. from the top. It's I going, will. Okay. I, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay. Know your values. So when I, when, and I'll just tell a little story. Mm-hmm. When I first started at Kaleida, they have care values, oh, okay. be centered around the patient, accountable to patients, respect and integrity, excellence in everything we do. And so I said, well, what are the behaviors that show mm, up around those values? Absolutely. I mean, if I'm being accountable to patients, maybe I think not telling them part of their diagnosis mm-hmm. is how I'm accountable to them because I'm a caretaker and I think right. it's the right thing to do. And maybe I tell the patient every single step of the way about their care and I'm being accountable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to really tell people how to show up around their Mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. So we have to do that as an organization, but personally, really knowing what are your values Mm -hmm. and then what are the behaviors under those values? How do you know you're operating in them? And then show up in spaces with the mindset of how is this serving me, right? Your job, mm-hmm. your social settings, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then if you realize it's not serving you and you decide you have to stay in that space for financial reasons mm. or whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. you're like, you know what, it's not serving me, but I do need to stay here. Just walk in every day with the mindset that I'm choosing to be here. Okay. And I know the value that I bring. Mm. So That's deep. it doesn't need to be so much gratitude.
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> listen, listen. You know,
2: because um, they should be grateful that you are in the space. Yes. And Kendra hey, knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking
0: about. And yes. Yeah. So So we have to show up and show out. And own our space that we're in we That's all the time all the time so um where can people find you we always talk about um linkedin or whatever you want to share if people want to get in contact with you if they have questions where can they find you
2: yeah um linkedin would be the best way or you could check out the Kaleida health website yes send me an email through that um and those are really the only social handles that i really use
0: so. yeah Awesome. Yeah. Well, Shannon. Yes. Thank we you. We appreciate
1: you. Thank you thank for everything you. that you're doing. The I differences that you're you. making. Yes. Um, and thanks for coming on. We've been talking about it for a while. So it I know. Awesome glad have we you, did it. Have yes. you on for sure? Yeah. yeah. Thank awesome. you, ladies.
0: Thanks for everything. Of course. Thank you. All, All right. right. What's so this? end of episode two, season episode four, two. and we're out. We're out. Peace. Peace.